so Marley, actually, I'm going to ask you this right now. Like, why did you even start sprints? What why? made you start sprints? Oh my God, you've stunted me here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's why getting us start sprints. Well, we needed an uptake. We needed some interest in design thinking. And so this two-day sprint was palatable. It was a package. People love packages in healthcare. They like a beginning and an end. They're tired of, let's look at the sky and figure out how long it's going to take us to get there. So I think that's why we started sprints. And you know, the thing with, with just on that point mm -hmm. is that design is a process, right? Mm -hmm. And people want a recipe. So this sprint was putting the design process in a two-day recipe. And that's what we love about it. It's, it's just a two-day of creative problem-solving. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We still hit a lot of roadblocks. We've been evolving this for the last two years. It's not a perfect thing. But we have learned so many lessons over the last two years that we, we, we think now that, you know, we have a really good package. And our momentum right now in the lab is, like, unstoppable. We get requests every day. Mm -hmm. Of like, oh my God, can you help with this? Can you help with that? Marley's. Do you not? She needs to do her intro, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, don't worry about this. Is Hi, I'm Naomi Mahaffey, and welcome to Pause, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. In this podcast, Albertan changemakers pause to reflect on the work they're doing together to address the root causes of messy problems in their communities. We create space for reflective dialogue between people who are working together to understand the systems they work within, to co-create new solutions or approaches, and to learn from their successes and failures. In today's episode, we chat with Marlies van Dijk and Ali Abid from the Alberta Health Services Design Lab. <laughs> <It's just there. laughs> right, no, okay. The AHS Design Lab believes that the biggest opportunities to transform healthcare lie not within strategies or processes, but mindsets. People working within Alberta Health Services come to this team with complicated problems that have no clear solution and sit squarely in the gray zone of right and wrong. The lab uses design thinking to kickstart meaningful discussions, breathe life into structures with human-centered design, and co-develop co-designed solutions to capture hearts. Elise Martinoski sat down with Marlies and Ali to reflect on all things sprints, what they are, what type of complex problems are sprintable, along with some stories of where things went off the rails. Without further ado, here's their conversation. Well, hello. Welcome to the both of you. Welcome to the studio. And thank you for being here. I have had the pleasure of being able to get to know the both of you and see you interact in the space. Trico Changemaker Studio, of course. And the energy from your office is fantastic. I hear laughter like every day that you guys are in there. And sometimes I hear music and it just, it's a hub. And you do great work in there. So that's Aww. why we brought you in today. So. That's awesome. I didn't know people perceived us that way. Although we get that comments, like way too much laughing. Why is it so much fun to work here? <laughs> uh, the loud comments comes quite the a bit. Yeah. I'm not saying it is a noise complaint. I'm saying it was wonderful. It was music to my ears, hearing the, the, the vibe in the space and the energy. So. Well, we're passionate people, right? Yeah. And our passion just sometimes translates out of the room. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There you go. It, it oozes out. You, it oozes what's out. Oozes, oozes, thank you, not oozes. Oozes out of the doorway. There we go, that's the right word. Uh, yeah, so to get going, I'd love both of you to introduce yourselves, kind of what role you're in and how you came to be there. All right, my name is Marlies Van Dyke, and I'm the lead for the Design Lab at Alberta Health Services. My name is Ali Abid. I'm a senior design consultant in the Alberta Health Services Design Lab. All right, lovely. And we brought you in today. We're going to be talking about all things sprints. So 
little bit of overview of what they are and then diving into what's worked, what hasn't, and how you've adapted and changed your process because of those successes and challenges. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Ali, you're going to explain what a sprint is. Go. Sprint is basically, everyone knows about design thinking in this space. So design thinking is a five-step process. And we also know is that it's a long process. Most people who are in this space are spending months on it. So we thought about is, a, we actually came across um, design sprints, which actually start from Google. And Google said was, we'll take the entire design process and condense it in five days. And so when Marlies actually, she's the one who sort of is a pioneer for this, said five days is gonna, not going to work in a bureaucracy and a large organization like healthcare. We can't get people in five days. Mm -hmm. So we challenged ourselves and we made it into a two-day sprint. And so it's basically in two days we go through a creative problem solving and figure out what is the best solution that will work for the user. And we test it and we get feedback right away. Mm -hmm. And we know that we'll be, we'll be going in the right direction or not. I think that's it. What do you think, Marley? I think that's a good summary. You know, when people heard about human-centered design, they said, well, that sounds kind of good, but, you know, is that the latest flavor of the day? Fair point. And so when we stumbled upon the Google Venture Sprint, we thought, you know what? Let's give it a go. And the two days really hit the mark for people because you can lock yourself up for two days and focus and pull people, physicians, frontline staff, patients in a room. So we started out just testing it, and actually we're still doing two-day sprints. So that's, that's how it came about. That's fantastic. And the best part is physicians and a lot of the healthcare professionals on the front line love it. Mm -hmm. They haven't seen such a structure and so much intense intensity mm -hmm. and actually momentum. So that's one of the benefits of the sprint. You get momentum coming out of it. But, but don't you think that one of the reasons it's so appealing is because healthcare and the bureaucracy is stuck in overanalyzing, um, research mindsets, uh, planning. So there's not a lot of action except on the front line there is. So people are, are welcoming this because we are known for overanalyzing things for a long time and creating position papers and strategy documents. So people are craving the action behind the sprint so and of course we have plenty of problems to work on um, the complexity is huge and so design thinking is a very good fit for the healthcare environment and it's a surprise it hasn't been there sooner I mean we're a customer service oriented industry and we haven't designed around the user it's fascinating mm -hmm. so it was just the right time and a right vehicle to get started yeah that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm thinking that as you get into some examples, you'll talk a bit more about like what those two days look like and kind of some of the things you run. Is that correct? Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. Let's do it. So the two days, it actually takes us about six weeks to get going and mm -hmm. organize it. But the two days, once we get into a room, we have seven to 10 people who are really close to the problem. They're passionate. They actually care about this. Some people might be the naysayers. That's okay, too, because we want different perspectives. But we walk through the hum uh, human-centered design process. So we first empathize. We define. We try to understand. Then we jump to ideation. And we actually pick some prototypes, design the prototype, and then we test on the last day with users. So it's in just an expedited process um, over, over two days. Yeah. And what makes the design sprint kind of unique package is that we're making decisions and we're getting towards, we're going to deliver next day. So there's this urgency 
that comes up. And we had one, you know, a lot of, I've done, a, you know, five, six sprints already. Mm -hmm. And people reaction, oh my God, you know, we actually have made a decision. We have picked a, you know, we've picked a solution. We're going to show it to users tomorrow. And people can't believe that there's so much momentum, mm -hmm. especially like Marlies was saying was in when they're used to long months and months of working groups and committees and bureaucracy, like this is a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Fair. Good. Yeah. Being able to get that work done in triple time, probably more than that. <laughs> so our famous, our, 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 our um, elevator pitches when we're talking to leaders, we say, look, do you want to be in a working group or steering committee for two years? Or do you want to do a sprint? and be in six weeks, have a prototype that you're testing. Mm -hmm. And that's music to people's ears. Oh, so yeah. they're like, sign me up. But, you know, not everything is sprintable. So we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, well, what, can we dive into that? Can sure. you dive into some of these examples right, of right, right. how the sprints have gone and who you've worked with? Right. So, um, Ali, help me here. So what is... For me, the f first thing I look at is what is sprintable. It has to be complex. There has to be a stalemate. There has to be a, a paradox, complexly, where people cannot move forward. So it can't just be complicated. It has to be a pretty, and people are ready for something big. They're not just looking for a slight adjustment. They're like, let's go. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because we have done sprints and we've realized over time, like, you know, ultimately you cannot come in a, in a sprint with a mindset of this is the solution. Your problem has to have, like, you know what, we don't know what the solution is. There's a lot of unknowns. Can you help us figure it out? So it really takes, and that's why we take it to the heart, that it's complexity we're trying to deal with. So I just want to go back. So let's dive into um, what is sprintable. So these are the kind of challenges give you a flavor of what we're working on. Yeah. So one sprint was, how do we address social isolation in a rural community in Alberta? How do we help people die in the community without building more hospices, more brick and mortar? How do we help youth mental health and families navigate through the education system and the healthcare system? So kind of big, hairy, Oh boy, there's a lot happening. So it's not within the walls of a hospital. It generally involves a community. So we pride ourselves in bringing community players and patients and users to the sprint to solve that complex problem. Although you can use a sprint in any setting, you can do, do it in a, in a problem that is within a hospital department or not, and they have done it. Mm -hmm. But the fun of the sprint, because you're investing so much time, six weeks and those two intense days, it's best to get the bang for the buck is to go for the tough problems mm -hmm. and go for the challenging problems and you know take the make the prototype and get that validation early on and i think you know one personally when i when i i did a sprint once and um, you know there's when you go in a sprint what you see visually is you know, there's a lot of flip charts and post-it notes mm -hmm. and Sharpies and there's, mm -hmm. you know, color markers and then there's breakout rooms and it's not a typical meeting room. There's no board. There's not a boardroom table. There's no like a single, no, there is space on the wall. We are, it, it, the whole space is different because it gets people to be creative mm -hmm. and be visual thinkers. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we want. We want to bring out everyone to bring their best foot forward. So the other thing about a sprint that's interesting, and it's called a sprint because of the speed. So um, you asked us, what, what is the sprint? So essentially, um, it's a very fast-paced decision-making using both 
some information, some, you know, some insight, some passion, intuition. That's why frontline staff love it. But we do things like crazy eights where we ask people to come up with eight ideas in eight minutes and we time box everything. So there's a, sometimes a clock, but usually it's like, all right, Ali, you have two minutes to complete this task. Two minutes. So people are like, <laughs> the panic. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you said this earlier, there is a lot of introspective time as well. So it's not all group work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people need to reflect and they just get to write down their ideas. And and that's where the magic comes in the sprint, I think, because it levels the playing field for introverts and extroverts. Because we make people yeah. write everything down and you either on post-it notes or draw it out. Everyone is sharing their idea in a simple format, and then we get them to present it. So they also get public speaking skills, but it's this constant individual work, group work. So we balance that out, and we balance the voices out. So I feel like there's no other meeting ever or collaboration that happens other than a sprint in, in, that, in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. So Ali, I want to tell you, I want, I want to ask you. Yeah. You know, facilitating these things are not easy. Like, they're super intense. Like, you're like, oh, like you're on fire, right? No. <laughs> At least it's only two days of fire, I guess. <laughs> right, but it's exactly, you're totally... Third degree burns. Yeah, yeah. 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 you got it, you are got it. Yeah. Like, you're, Can't even you're, leave the room at the end of the second day, like just laying head, there. My head feels like it's going to explode. I believe always, it, yeah. Because you're, un- you're so alert and in tune and getting people to keep moving. So... Is there a time that things kind of went off the rails for you when you facilitated? Oh, yeah. So give me an example. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay, here's a good one. So, you know, this was one of my, I think this was my first, no, second sprint I did. And we were working with um, transitioning patients out of um, a, like a hospital into a long-term care facility. Right. And we had a group of 10, 15 people and very, you know, smart people around me. And as you know, as a facilitator in, in the sprint, you want them to follow the process. You want the individuals in the be like, OK, when we're going to do post-it notes, write your thoughts down. Or are we going to create some, you know, drawings to create your ideas out? Just follow the process. So what happened was these were these two ladies who were having this great conversation and the facilitator in me kind of the control freak in me, is like, could you guys put it down on paper? That's a great idea. Could you put it down on paper? And I was asking them. And and once the sprint was done, one of the sprint participants um, came to me and he's like, you know what, Ali, I, you know, you're really pressing them that, like, you know, why would, like, and I, and he was kind of like saying like, just feedback, you shouldn't push people so much. And I kind of reflected on that. And what, what really was is that there was an opportunity, these people were having this great conversation and I was kind of interfering them, saying, put it on paper, put it on paper. What I should have just done is, as they're just having the conversation, listen to them and take notes as a facilitator. So get my hands dirty instead of just telling people what to do. Right. So that was my really good learning experience. And that's what I've done. Like, if people are having good ideas and you're just not falling, it's okay. You just capture it. So you don't let that moment go. And so it was my, one of my favorite moments. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ali, for sharing that favorite moment of yours in sprints with us and for being vulnerable and talking about a time when things didn't quite go as planned and how you were able to adapt on the go and how it's changed how you facilitate sprints now. So thanks. And Merlis, I'd love to find out if you have any of those moments of realization throughout your journey of facilitating sprints that really stuck with you and changed how you then approach facilitating the sprints. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had a um, penny dropping moment. So we did this amazing sprint. We had three prototypes. One of them was an epic win. It was like 
yes, let's do this tomorrow. Epic wins are like rare, like where a prototype is just singing, it's humming, it's the right thing. So six months after the sprint, I thought this was a slam dunk. I phoned the leader. I said, so tell me about the sprint. What did you think of that sprint? He said, oh, loved the sprint. It was so great. And the VPs were in the room and yeah, it was a real success. And I said, ah, oh, fantastic. So what happened to the, the prototype? Mm -hmm. What happened to that? And he said, oh, yes, yes, yes. We wrote a white paper on it. And it's now waiting in the queue to look for funding. And I think it's in a queue of 140 projects. And then we realized we can go in and do these really dynamic creative days. But if nothing happens afterwards and we go back to business as usual because the bureaucracy takes over. So we have now decided that we figure out which of our projects are long-term and we stick with that team so that they don't slide back into getting approval, doing the typical bureaucratic process. So that's what we've changed. Um, do you have any more ideas of where we kind of went off the rails, Ali, or what we've learned? I can think of one more. And this was actually, the leader was great. And we were looking at also how do we in, improve kind of home care kind of uh, services. Um, and the leader was great. She was nice. She wanted the sprint to be done. She was supporting us. And then there was a simple change that came out of the sprint. And the whole team, everyone is like, this is simple. We just have to say, make a decision and saying, we're going to drop this little initiative or this little change. And that's it. And we can move forward. Unfortunately, what happened is after the sprint, she went to the committee and wanted consensus. And sometimes what we have kind of learned from that is, is the innovative ideas cannot go through the consensus building process that a lot of bureaucracy and big organization have. Innovation needs a little bit of boldness to be a courageous leader saying, we're going we're gonna to do this. And it looks, it looks different. It's maybe it's hard, but it's worth it because A, we, we have gone through this problem solving product and this is the right, it's the right thing to do. And so we've learned is like, like Marley's is saying is ultimately we have to find the right leader who's willing to not just invest time and resources, but actually be innovative and take the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to try something different. Because then what's the point of investing so much time in a sprint, right? right? And that's where we spend a lot of time up front because we do get requests. And so we're trying to f figure out and, you know, you know, understand, is this leader the right one? Is he willing to do a sprint or he just wants to do it because he heard about it? I'm doing quotation right. marks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, the, for uh, everybody who can't see, there's quotation marks in there. <laughs> no, that, that's been kind of a, a really good lesson of... of finding the right people. Ultimately, change, is, change making is all about people. It's true that we're now looking at sponsors who, who, who have illustrated boldness in other ways. They might love the idea of a sprint because it's sexy and it's the latest flavor, but so we, we are far more careful about who we engage with to do this kind of work. And rightfully so, because like you said, that follow through, I heard both of you echo that, that you can do all this work, you put in the six weeks, you put in those two days, and then, yeah, what? That like was if fun. If it just drops, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess, cool, we did the thing, but. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like that we even ha hadn't had successes. We've had mm -hmm. our, our second sprint we did as a team um, with the privacy office within AHS. It was a cultural transformation that happened. 
even though the ideas that came out of Sprint, you know, they were small ideas, but what the Sprint did was it changed people's mindset. Mm-hmm. And like, we are looking at this whole thing differently. And that the whole transformation that happened in that department is even exists today. And that leader is still our, our biggest fan. Mm-hmm. She kind of, whenever we do a Twitter, and, and those, you know, you know, we have a Twitter, very active Twitter, we're always posting stuff on it. She constantly, you know, you know, is on our webinars, is messaging us, and also sharing. And a lot of our growth for the design lab has been of all the people that have connected with us in some shape or form. And it's not just about the sprint. They love working with us because we bring energy. And you saw that you were mentioning the kind of the loudness we have. It's because we're optimistic. Mm -hmm. We believe that, you know, we can solve these complex challenges if we just work differently. But we have to work differently. And that's what I love about working in this lab is that we challenge ourselves all the time. Like, you know what? We can do this better and we're going to try. And so, you know, we do education as one of the elements of because as we want to build the capacity not just within Alberta Health Services but outside so we have sprint schools we do to teach people sprints and we're also running a virtual design school because we want to share what we learned and get people together yeah that's great scaling it out yeah so if anyone in your you know app side this podcast is interested in in learning about sprints or you know Right now, we have about 500 people in the virtual design school, so I think that's pretty capped. Mm -hmm. But if those are interested in sprint school or, you know, just, you know, have a chat with us. Mm -hmm. And we even do sometimes what we call is, um, uh, what's the word, Marlies? The the wise crowds? Yeah, the wise crowds. Tell them about the wise crowds. All right. So we get a lot of people who are like, whoa, this looks like a different unit. And who are they? They behave differently. So they, they call us and they say, we want some advice. And so we get this a lot. So we started doing what we call wise crowds. So instead of spending an hour on the phone with people, we use this tool, which is a liberating structure, which is actually, there's a website, you can look it up. But wise crowds, essentially, we ask them to pitch for five minutes. The team is there listening. Then we ask them to turn around, although it's all online usually, pretend to turn around and listen to the design lab talk about your pitch and your project. And then we talk amongst each other. We're very supportive. But then people hear how we look at things, what thing, how we view the world, how we might approach a challenge they have. And then they turn around and they give us their feedback about what they've heard. So we do a quick consult in that format so they can get a flavor for what we're all about before they engage with us. So that's like a light touch consultation. Nice. Even though it seems quite simple, but the magic actually, Marlies, and I think you've done this, is, is we, are, we believe in something called radical candor. Being honest, truthful, care deeply, challenge directly. And people are not used to that in, in a lot of these organizations. Actually, in this day and age, we are not being honest and truthful with each other. And you know what? In this day and age. God, he sounds like an old man. <laughs> no, it's great. It's true, though. It's, we're missing all... In 2019. Sorry. We're cutting you <laughs> off. Keep going, keep going. 2019. <laughs> Hashtag. In 1968. Yeah. Right? And, no. and I know, and maybe I'm an old soul, old soul inside, but I really believe that what the magic we bring, and, and not just even these wise crowds is, but even through sprints or all the, the consultation we do is we be authentic and honest with them. This is a bad idea. This is not working well. This is not. This is not gonna help make it more user centered. So, 
and we're not trying to be brash or abrasive, but we bring honesty to the conversation and we encourage the team to do the same. So when we go, one of the ground rules, there's no hierarchy. And we, each facilitation we do, we're gonna address the elephants in the room. Because you know what? When you have honest conversations, you get the good ideas come out. Mm. True. Want to do True. Right? So when you listen to all of this, what, what are you thinking? Like what come, crosses your mind? Like, yeah, what, what gets you, you curious? curious? What, are you, <laughs> gets yeah, what are you curious about? Well, I'm kind of just sitting in awe in all honesty. Like I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't heard much about the sprint, so I've been really right. just digging into what you guys are sharing here. Um, and I just keep thinking about like, wow, the application of this for so many different areas beyond just healthcare. Like healthcare is so amazing to be working within, but just the application of that to so many different realms. And it's all about changing that mindset. You both echoed that, of that, the thought and the, the mindset and the way that we do work and the way that we approach challenges and, and issues. And it's just like, yeah, like this is what we need. Well, and the one thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you agree, Ali, but because we're such an instant society and we want results and actions, the sprints have elevated the conversation around design thinking. We know we can't solve complex problems in two days or six weeks. We know that, but it kickstarts the process. And that's kind of what we needed because um, people are kind of tired of complex theories and frameworks or methodologies. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just been so... Um, user-friendly, really, mm -hmm. basically. And I think that's why it's been so successful. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like versus um, a new thing, a new methodology, a new way of working, and, and lofty, complex, it'll take 10 years to solve this. It's like people want what's happening now. So it was really the sprints that elevated our lab. Before that time, people were like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting, but mm -hmm. this was really what's changed our entire existence, basically. And when, when did the lab start? I don't think I asked the you that yet. The fall of 2016. 2016. Okay, so we're so three we're years old. Three yeah. years old, yeah, right. three years young. Yes. And we're the only um, internal design lab in Western Canada within the healthcare wow. field. Wow. There's nothing like us. Yeah. And um, it's it, credit goes to Marlies how we have a huge social media presence and our virtual design school is, is an example where we are getting people from all over North America, in UK, and and, and that's part of the thing. We, are, we love sharing out loud our work. But, I mean, I think what we're also trying to do is we're trying to put a spotlight on the fact that we haven't used human-centered design in healthcare. Yeah. And this is a tool for innovation, pretty much, the methodology that you want to use. So, you know, just sharing widely how successful it can be. But we're early days. A lot of healthcare systems do not have this on the radar. There is no doubt. I don't know what other social sectors are like. I suspect it's the same. I don't think it's entirely different. So the potential is huge. Mm -hmm. So we are forerunners. I think we're slightly ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. So, but the fact that we're existing and that we're permanent and this is a real thing, and that's why we're working out loud so much to try to stimulate um, the interest in this entire field. And let's not be like, let's be honest, it's tough. It's not like, you know, mm -hmm. butterflies and rainbows. Yeah. We, we do butt heads because we are kind of the ugly duckling, right? <laughs> I call it, like, you know, people don't understand sometimes us. Like, you know, what are you guys? Because like, we're not the, 
the typical kind of cookie cutter kind of people. But at the same time, what it's motivates us, you know what? Because we really believe this is the way of the future because healthcare is going to be more complex. It's going to be more social issues coming up and it's outside the hospital. Mm-hmm. So our lab really thrives on those fringes. We call them, we are kind of like a tethered lab where we don't sit in the healthcare, like in the, the hospital, we sit out on the, just on the, on the cusp of it. Mm-hmm. And we really try to be involved in issues where the community is involved with the healthcare system. Because those are all the problems right now. Hospitals are done. They're, they're old 19th century. And we are trying to say, okay, if you want to move to this new world, then use design. Use human-centered design. And that's what we're doing. Well said. <laughs> nice work, Ali. Preach! Woo! I have, I have one more question for you guys. So we talked about kind of some of those um, going off the rails. I was going to say off-roading. That was not right. It's the country in me. Um, going <laughs> off the rails. Sorry. <laughs> what about your favorite moment in sprints? Do you have a moment that really stands out? Of like your favorite moment or like one of your favorite things that can come from a sprint? Oh, this is interesting. The favorite moment in a sprint. I have one. Okay. You go for it. So this happened. I just did a sprint a couple of days ago. And there's a lot of apprehension for people who are first time getting used to that. I'm going to create a prototype, this kind of straw dog thing. We call it the ugly baby. And I'm going to show it to someone. And it's half-baked idea. And I'm going to show the users. They're going to give me feedback. It's really anxious. And people get really nervous about it. But when I see them get the feedback and get validated, but also get some really good critique, you see them like they're like the they have this huge light bulb aha moment. Mm-hmm. Is that we don't have to be perfect; we can be good enough and progress over perfection. Like it's about movement and getting that because we're not used to it. What we do is we start a project and we wait until the end to get user feedback, which is like months down the road. And so that's your favorite moment. That's my favorite moment. So I'll tell you what my favorite moment is. My favorite moment is when you've done this broad understanding and looking at the problem widely, and all of a sudden you hone in. So you find your pain point. People start voting where they want to put their efforts, and people are just staring at, oh my God, are we really going to do this? Like, this is what we're doing? We're, we're, we're deciding right now? We've narrowed down. And People feel a bit shocked about, boom, all of a sudden you're focusing in. That's my favorite moment of the sprint. It's a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely, both of those. Well, I, I feel like we're kind of at the end of our conversation here. Thank you for inviting us. It's well, awesome. Thank you. thank you so much for being here. Like, that was just fantastic. I'm just all energized now. I'm like, I got to go do something. I got to do a sprint. Woo, yeah, there <laughs> yeah, you go. That's how I feel. my wardrobe. That's what there I'm going to do. <laughs> That's so great. Well, yes, just again, thank you both for taking the time, for being here, for sharing your insights. And I I look forward to releasing this episode. I think it's going to be fantastic. Thank you for inviting us. Mm -hmm. It's good. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pause. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that the conversation you heard today was recorded on Treaty 7 territory a land steeped in ceremony and history that, until relatively recently, was used exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of Stony Nakoda, Blackfoot, and Tsitsina nations, as well as the Métis nations who have traditionally gathered in and cared for this place. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear reflections and insights from other social purpose leaders, we recommend checking out Disrupting Good. 
Disrupting Good is a new podcast created by our friends at Mount Royal University's Institute for Community Prosperity and Human Elements. It explores how acts of doing good will change in response to the unprecedented disruptive changes that face humanity today. Find it at disruptinggood.com. This episode was produced by Alberta Social Innovation Connect, or ABSI Connect. You can learn more about our network, find our newsletter, and get inspired by and connected to other Albertan changemakers by visiting our website, www.absiconnect.ca. This episode was recorded and edited by Elise Martinoski of ABSI Connect. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend and rating us on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. We'd also love to hear your feedback and reflections on this show and your ideas for future episodes. Our funding partner is the Suncor Energy Foundation. Theme music was created by the Fort McMurray Youth of the Soundforce Collective. <laughs>